questions are welcome in the show feedback thread on our Discord server. Go to gleepsgaming.fun and click on the link. We thank you for your support. You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension not only of sight and sound but of mind. A journey into a wondrous land whose boundaries are that of imagination. Next stop. Pants cast. Alright, story time everybody. Gather around y'all. You big uns, you let the little ones get a good sitting spot up front, okay? Nervous down, nervous down, everybody. Alright, okay, here we go. Once upon a time, there was an idyllic little hamlet, that's a small ham for those of you who don't know, where everybody was happy and they all loved their jobs and no one could imagine wanting to be anywhere else, ever. Then one day, 13 ill-mannered dwarves showed up at a recalcitrant halfling's house ate up all his food, drank up all his beer, and then hornswoggled this poor, mild-mannered feller into going away with them on an adventure. Now, fast forward to the next book. The nephew of the feller from the other book, him and a few of his kin, and Nicholas Cage or Vin Diesel, I forget, I stopped paying attention. Anyway, they was boogied on down to Thomas Kincaid Town, what to meet up with acclaimed physics programmer John Pritchett. Now, Cletus, you should pay close attention here. Physics is what makes the boobies bounce up and down in your daddy's waifu simulator. Anywho, back to the TK town. Agent Smith and Todd Rundgren's daughter. Nope, not the love in the elevator guy. Well, they was already there on account of they lived there. <coughs> Let me cut that part out. <clears throat> Agent Smith and Todd Rundgren's daughter, no, not the love in an elevator guy, well, they was already there on account of they lived there, and the feller who was Sala in them Indiana Jones movies, and now who is supposed to play some spaceman named Graves, coming soon to him in 2015, then answer the call again in 2016, but now, likely not never going to, well, he was there too. And there was others, others too old or boys too pretty to bother with right now, Oh yeah, Ned Stark was there, and everyone was sad about that on account of they knew Ned's redemption arc only had a couple hours left to go, on account of Ned don't do no part two electric boogaloo. It's in his contract that way. So then Agent Smith and acclaimed physics programmer John Pritchett had them what's called a secret council, except everyone else showed up anyhow and set to hollering at one another. The nephew had a sad and felt like it was his place to admonish his elders and threaten he'd just assume jump into hell's own fire if it would shut them all the hell up. Now since nephew weren't kin to none of the elders, they figured fine is fine so long as somebody jumps. So with that decided, they all left. Heroes they was, one and all. That is, except for Agent Smith and Todd Rennigan's daughter. No, they weren't going nowhere. Most elves are particular like that. Now, here's the relevant part. Young'uns cogitate real hard here for a moment. The party figured the quickest way to hell was to climb high into some mountains. Now, I know it don't make much sense to me either, but I weren't there. But what our heroes didn't figure upon was the evil wizard Saruman the Roberts would be gazing into one of the dudes, 
obviously you're not a golfer, seeing stones, and that he would send a horrible winter storm and giant rock monsters to thwart our hero's progress. Which it did, and thwart him it did. So what do you suppose they did next? Well, they found a big hole and they crawled down in it. Remember that feller Graves I was telling you about? Well, he claimed to have Ken living inside the mountain who would host the party to all the barbecue and ale thems could swallow. The whole party, except for acclaimed physics programmer John Pritchett, were ecstatic. Now guess what they found when they got inside the mountain? No, Cletus, not Lemurians. This was a different mountain, but that was a good guess. What they found was, weren't nobody home! And boy, was Graves surprised. Nobody home, that is, except for about a million goblin men and a cave troll and a ball hog from the ancient world. So all of a sudden, a snowstorm and some demonic rock monsters didn't seem so bad. Guess what happened next? That's right, Cletus. Acclaimed physics programmer John Pritchett said, Fly, you fools, and promptly fell into a bottomless pit to the top of the world. I gived up trying to figure that one out. And supposedly, someone hollered out after him, but we can't fly. Our spaceships are built like bricks and we're in atmosphere. I don't right understand what was meant by all that, but that's a tale what was told to me. Now the parts after that get a bit hazy in my mind, but I do know for a certainty what was really important was what Peter Jackson didn't show us. Now what do you suppose that was? Well, it was all the software developers toiling away in their hostile work environment at the Hill Country Galleria. Because you see, youngins, the real reason Saruman the Roberts didn't want our heroes to make it up over the pass and down into the idyllic little hamlet which contained the Hill Country Galleria, Austin, Texas 78738, U.S. America, was that they might observe and report inhuman labor practices being forced upon the gentle hamlet folk during a bona fide natural disaster and a global pandemic to boot. The end. Now, youngins, next time... We'll move on into the next book in which Isengard releases their malformed kin upon the world, known as the Tweeting Urukai. And we'll see what happens when they take to their Twitter machines and their leader, Lurtz Witkin, gets on the Twitch TV show to assure us absolutely nothing at all is wrong. But before I forget, I'm Sheriff Applegleep. Billy, Billy, into the drawer with Capstan. Billy, I won't get in there with him! He ain't right in the head. Well, you're certainly no breath of fresh air, you know. You, 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 Wapscallion. What the hell did you just call me? Wapscallion, Squandwolves, Centurions, strike this man very roughly. There's somebody else here I should be aware of. So, life of Brian Wethwitz, I assumed you would be prepared. Hey, fella up there in the booth, you think we can end this now? I'll shut down the forums again, I swear, I'll do it. All right, you two, break it up. <laughs> Combine book one of The Hobbit, various other uh, pop culture references from the past 20 years, and then book two of Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then also Star Citizen, obviously, and all its controversies. That was, I think that was your best one yet. That was incredible. Thank, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it's my mind tends to wander sometimes. <laughs> That was something else. Billy is hard to do. Oh, man, I've been practicing him for a couple days, too. God, he is a, he's a tough one to do. And um, um, 
you know, it's um, it's easier when I have some, you know, a character from a movie or you know a show to uh, um, uh, to visualize, you know, someone I'm trying to emulate. And um, unfortunately, Billy is a guy I used to work for. Um, well, not unfortunately. I mean, but it, it just works out that that that's a voice I, I've um, that has been in my lexicon for years and years and years and years because I worked for that guy. And um, uh, you know, that was back in the days when um, I was, um, uh, you know, a young feller and um, and full of mistakes. And uh, he used to enjoy uh, pointing them out and and uh, very colorfully colorful see i still can't say that word um he, he loved me he he was he, he, he was mean because he loved oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, rest god rest his soul he's he's gone on um and then of course capstan is um is uh uh, uh I, don't, I don't you know i don't know the actual character's name from uh life of brian you know uh, uh, yeah, you know, the, the, the like, not the emperor, exactly. but the, the, the higher up guy. Well, uh, you know, they when uh, John Cleese enters the room, it's Hail Caesar, but that he's not. I don't think he's Caesar, um, but he's the guy that has a a very great friend in Rome named Biggest Dickus. <laughs> There's something funny about Biggest Dickus. <laughs> he has a wife, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, there's a little fourth wall uh, uh, behind the scenes there for you. So, um, all right, very good. Um, so he's Sorian. Um, other he is Vendus, who's not here, and other other he is Evil Joe, who is away without leave. Um, and today is Tuesday, March twenty tooth, and this is Snow Day, Crunchy Pants. Yes, our first Viking free. I think it is episode of twenty twenty one. And I'm not saying that's a good thing. I'm just I'm saying it's a thing. So, and I so bet I want to get Capstan into a Sloop John B. karaoke. You know, let me go home. Why don't they let me go home? This is the worst trip I've ever been on. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine how, how painful it is for Mrs. Gleep to hear these things <laughs> a lot, all the time? I can't. Yes. You know, and I'm and I'm, I'm thinking if we can get William Shatner to produce, it's it's gonna it's gonna be epic. Well, he made Tech War, so I think he'll do anything. <laughs> you know, he I think I heard the other day he's like 92 now or something crazy like that. Oh my God. Um, I I think he is still uh, lucid, um, and heaven knows, I mean, he's not been a svelte man for many decades, so um, you know. But he's Canadian. I guess they're different. <laughs> yeah, they got different biology. All right, and and uh, so uh, did you know? Um, and and uh, I have. Did you guys know? Written down here, but uh, you're you're standing in for guys. Um, there were several other contenders for the role of Aragorn in Peter Jackson's L.O.T.R. saga, um, as our new friend Billy just mentioned. Uh, Nicholas Cage and Vin Diesel were both under consideration. Uh, Nick turned down the role, and uh, Vin auditioned but was never officially offered the part. Uh, Russell Crowe had to say no on account of scheduling, and Daniel Day-Lewis apparently turned the role down several times. And uh, he would have been perfect in my humble. Just, I smoke your halfling leaf. I smoke it all up. 
I smoke your pipe weed. <laughs> Can you imagine? And how horrible it would have been for the people on the set, you know, having Aragorn in character for um, years, <laughs> basically. <laughs> <laughs> what I really want is the Nicolas Cage in Lord of the Rings. I mean, that that would be amazing. I want him to be Gollum, actually. Well, you know, but the thing about Nicolas Cage is he you, he is all he only knows one character, and that's Nicolas Cage. You know, that's true. And but I Nicolas Cage, I did not care for um, Viggo Mortensen. I mean, I've seen him in other things that I liked him a lot better, and I I didn't. I don't know. It seemed to me that he was trying too hard. He was a bit wooden, but you know, that's uh, you know, I'm I'm not qualified to, to to critique this sort of stuff apart from just saying you know I spent you know fifteen dollars for a ticket and this is what I think. Um, but uh, I think that um, that um, uh, um, Nicholas Cage would have been excellent in that role as Nicholas Cage. You know, I mean, he's he's got you know. Unless, unless they had a problem with a bunch of bees showing up. <laughs> Look at my eyes! Um, bees. Um, and uh, okay, and then um, there was one other um, thing here. Oh gosh, I forgot to put it in here. But there was a um, there was somebody else who was offered the role of Gandalf prior to uh, um, uh, Ian McKellum. Do you know, do you know who that, I've heard this before, so I was wondering maybe if you've heard, if you know who that is. No. Sean Connery. Oh, that could have been good. I mean, I like I Ian McKellum, that... but... Oh, he did an excellent job. He was, he was fantastic. Uh, but, you know, Sean Connery, I mean... I mean, would it have worked with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage? <laughs> <laughs> That's a spicy movie. Yeah, but the, you know the, the funny thing about the, uh, Sean Connery is what he said is he goes, oh, "I've read the script and I just don't get it." <laughs> <laughs> That's so, funny. best that he uh, he wasn't involved. So. All right, gentlemen, we have a travesty, we have a sham, we have a mockery. It is, of course, a travesty mockery. Um, Soren, Aliens Fireteam. Yeah. Developed by Cold Iron Studios, Cold Iron, Dismissive Air Escape, Cold Hearts, No Soul. Not even the common decency God gave the scorpion that killed that frog in the middle of the river. <laughs> but I digress. Um, the game's story is a sequel to the Alien Trilogy, set 23 years after the original films. The player assumes the role of a colonial marine on board the USS Endeavor, a spaceship that will never be finished. Oh, no, I'm sorry, that's a different game. Uh, tasked with responding to a distress call from the outer colonies. Now, the announcement of this game broke your heart. Um, and, of course, words cannot be expected to express the sorrow you must feel. But please, if you can, share your story with us now. <laughs> well, I was kind of hoping to make a, a very similar sort of co-op experience type game. Uh, definitely heavily inspired by the Aliens universe, and um, I, I can't imagine trying to compete with a, a real studio with you know real money in the real IP, the original IP for that. Um, and it just that came completely out of nowhere. I was completely blindsided by that existing, and it's coming out pretty soon. Too. You, um, uh, yes, I, was it like four months or something like that? Something like that, yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, but you have been talking about this other idea for years. Um, so, I mean, this is, you know, that's what makes it, you know, so um, so sucky is that, you know, this is a thing that you've had cogitating for a really long time. Um, and I'm not, you know, all that effort, all that time and effort's not wasted, of course, because you, you'll take, you know, you know, your thought processes and all that kind of things and apply it to uh, something else that you'll do in the future. But, um, God, you know, it's just, it just, it really, it really seems like somebody has been watching you. <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that happened to me, and I've, I've heard this this um, old adage. Let's say that by the time you have a great idea, you have eighteen months to make it, or it's going to magically appear um, as if someone stole it from you, regardless of whether or not they did. That is interesting, um, and I, I think that holds true. Yeah, yeah, that's prophetic. I, I like that. I mean, well, I don't like it, but I mean, that's I that's there's wisdom in them words right there is what i'm trying to say yeah wow so um yeah that's 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 really is too bad but and, you know and i know you're not ready to talk about um other ideas but you know we've we've offline we've talked about a couple of things and uh i'm excited for uh, what i think you have coming next and um yeah. uh, so it's all is not lost but you know it's the frustration of um of you know inventing the cronut and then having duncan donuts come out with it a week earlier <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is that yeah although i get they are not duncan donuts anymore are they they're just called duncan they're I just think. called duncan it's weird and i don't get it and they haven't even done the rebrand across all their stuff yet like it's still sort of in progress it seems was it you that was saying that their coffee is is pretty good no i would never say that okay okay that, yeah that, that seemed incongruous but i've heard from somebody who you know I've, I, I wouldn't. I don't immediately dismiss their opinion on things like coffee, and they said, "Well, no, it's really like it. It's actually if you if you if you use enough grounds, it, it makes a good, strong, flavorful cup of coffee." And I was like, "All right, well, okay." <laughs> I um, everything that Duncan serves has a weird aftertaste to me that I cannot get past. There, there from the donuts to the coffee, I don't know what it is, but it all it, it all has this like weird additive or something in it that just makes it taste bad to me it tastes like sadness <laughs> it's it's got a it's, yeah it tastes i don't know like preservatives or something or i don't know what it is but they, they it seems like they put it in literally everything they serve from the from the biscuits to the donuts to the coffee it has a weird aftertaste oh man god you said you said you, you said a painful word you uh, biscuits <laughs> biscuits I, I am, I am. What's today? Today's Tuesday. I am actually. This is uh, uh, day seven of um, of Gleep Goes Keto, oh, and wow. I, I'm seeing, I'm seeing bread products. Um, I, I don't have a physical urge for them, but I have an emotional attachment to, <laughs> to foods that I, <laughs> I used to eat, and um, and it's hard. It's very hard. Capstan, hug me. I have to get him out of the drawer. Hug me, Capstan. Thank you. Yeah, it's, uh, but, you know, I, I am just so blown away about how much more energy I have mm-hmm. um, and how, um, how, much, um, how much less crappy I feel um, after eating. You know, it's like, you know, because I, and, you know, you always, I sort of assume uh, that, or had in the past, assumed that, you know, you have a, you have a good sized lunch, you know, that it's not, it's not the carbohydrates that makes you um, uh, 
tired. It's that you just put a big lump of food in your gut and all the, the, the blood rushes to the stomach to aid in digestion or whatever. However it is, it works down in there. And, um, but no, it's, you know, it's different. And what I've really noticed is, and I sent you a picture, uh, um, here's an, um, an unsolicited plug, Rebel brand keto ice cream. Oh my God. And I didn't believe it. I mean, I was just, I was standing in line at the grocery store, you know, and the line's backed up down the freezer aisle and I'm standing there and there's the ice cream's right there. And there's this Rebel brand keto ice cream. And I'm looking, I'm going, wow, that, that don't make any sense. <laughs> uh, it's ice cream. Um, but then of course it's got no, it's got no sugar in it, but uh, you know, so the, the entire, and I love, I love this. They put the number of net carbs on the front of it and it's for the entire pint. It's like, they're not giving you the per, any of this per serving nonsense. They're saying, I love that. You're, you're going to take this out into the car. You're going to rip the lid off and you're going to jam it in your face until it's all gone. This is how many carbs you're going to take in. <laughs> We know you. We know you, and we're glad you're here. <laughs> well, it's, it's so much more honest than every other product you'll get that's dietary like that, where it'll be like, oh, it's only you know, it's only five grams of carbs uh, per serving, and there's twenty servings in there. And we also um, there's like a little asterisk that says we already uh, reduced the dietary fiber from the total count. So they're they're lying to you there too. Like it's just yeah. every conceivable way they can make it you know, more uh, appetizing to people who are trying to be healthy. They will, they will lie to you. Yep, yep. Huh, (laughs) EA. It comes to my mind. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I'm working on my Legends, uh, my Legends uh, French fry team. (laughs) Good gravy. All right, yeah, no, no, these, these are, these are carb-free French fries, like, Okay, okay. I'm going to need to see some science on this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, um, you know, it, it, it's it's sad about the Aliens Fire Team. But, you're, but you know, but I got to say, I mean, um, it's sad. I know it was sad for you. But you're going to, you, you told me you're going to play the game. You're going to buy it. You're going to play the game. So, um, oh, yeah. Yeah, kudos on you. really good. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, we got that to look forward to. We got a few things to look forward to. We got a few, a few things to mock and um, a few things to look forward to. Uh, although we are recording two episodes tonight uh, because of scheduling, and so um, I think that uh, that's going to be in the second half when hopefully we'll have um, uh, uh, Vendus and um, and possibly Joe along to uh, to help out with um, with uh, opinions because you know opinions are like something. Yeah, <laughs> we've all we've all got them. All right, so let's go ahead. <clears throat> you and I do this thing. Uh, is going to be our Star Citizen quarterly update. Ooh. Now, I had intended to keep our Star Citizen content to occasional veiled j- <clears throat> veiled jibes. I got <laughs> my belly's repeating on me. Uh, occasional <laughs> veiled jibes and uh, annual state of the fuckery reports. Um, but oh wait, ooh, uh-huh. I heard a noise. Hmm. That was odd. Did you hear that noise as well? Uh, no, I have the I've got the filtering on. No, it was a Discord noise. It was a Discord. Um, oh, you've got company. Um, but no, I do not. Okay, let's see. Is um, Venice is online, but he he may be online because of work. 
and I'll edit all this part out afterwards. Um, and uh, let's see about Joe. I don't know if Joe, do I have him in this list? No, he's still dark, so he's not even logged into Discord. All right, all right, okay. <clears throat> so, oh crap! You know what? I don't know. Do you know what this is? Um, ever I have a um a thumb drive in my one of my in one of my USB ports, <laughs> and occasionally it will make the um uh drive loaded sound and the uh an explorer window comes up showing the contents of the drive at the at the root level um it's been in there all day i don't know why if if for some reason it like disconnected and then reconnected i don't know that's that something that would exist i could research in the event viewer or something um could be i don't know i have i have stuff like that sometimes too where windows will just be like i'm gonna reconnect this thing for no fucking reason Okay. Like, cool. I'm glad you decided to make the reconnect and, you know, connect and disconnect noise just out of nowhere. Scare the crap out of me. <laughs> I know. And, you know, because I'm always, of course, concerned that it means that I've got, you know, some internal controller is failing and then all of a sudden my my uh, my uh, hard drives are going to disappear. So, it's um, an interesting idea. Yeah. All right. Maybe like a, there's like a USB controller being overloaded somewhere. So it's like dropping stuff for a second and then picking it back up. You know what? I I would stop right now and count all the USB devices I have connected to this poor little laptop. But you know, we ha we have to sleep sometime. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. <laughs> it's it's handy. It's handy. I tell you. All right. So anyway, uh, Star Citizen quarterly update. Um, I had intended to keep our Star Citizen content to the occasional bail jibes and annual state of the fuckery reports, but given recent happenings and the potential for uh, end of quarter consequences, oh what the heck? Let's dish. Um, and then we can all take a hot shower afterwards and pretend it never happened. Okay, so the main thing uh, right off the top and kind of what prompted me to even um, do a report at all was the Kotaku article. And, you know, I suppose that every broken clock is right twice a day and lots of rotten apples don't make the whole barrel bad, especially when there's an apple down there that, ha <laughs> that validates my preconceived conclusions. Am I right? <laughs> Yeah, so first things first, um, the title, uh, Star Citizen Developers Fed Up After Being Expected to Work During Devastating Texas Snowstorm. Okay, now instead of that title, let's, let's, let's try these on. Star Citizen Developer Puts Employees' Lives in Path of Killer Storm. I like that one, that's pretty good. Uh, Cloud Imperium Abandons Homeless Employees in Sub-Zero Conditions. Yeah. While employees' pets freeze, Cloud Imperium CEO hangs out on yacht. Yep. I don't know. I don't. I don't know what what Chris was was doing that that week. If he was in um, Southern California, he could have been hanging out on a yacht. We don't know. Now these these last three that I just did there, those are clickbait headlines. What was published? Star Citizen developers fed up after being expected to work during devastating Texas snowstorm. That's not a clickbait headline. That's that is a report of what this um, reporter uh, says was uh, reported to him. So that's that is a sourced quote or a uh, an interpretation of um, of sourced quotes. So um, the and the reason I bring that up is because uh, folks on that side of uh, the aisle are very quick to say no, it's just clickbait. 
it's Kotaku, it's got to be clickbait. And I grant you, Kotaku does not have a good record. And normally I don't um, check Kotaku for um, any kind of news uh, stories uh, unless directed there by somebody I, um, I trust or, or um, think is credible. And so not, I'm not trying to say Kotaku, I'm not trying to say Kotaku good. I'm, I'm just saying that uh, um, the charge that this is clickbait, therefore ignore the entire thing, is, is, not, is not a credible defense, um, no. which I think is, is how, it's, how that claim is being used in, um, in that uh, community. So anyway, um, I personally, I think it's safe to say a major portion of fault in the stories as described in the story, the situation as described, has to be attributed to poor communication. Um, that and that has been my main complaint about Cloud Imperium since CitizenCon of 2016. So um, there's one shiny red apple down there at the bottom for Gleep. Uh, and I also believe that a fair amount of incompetence had to exist to let this management challenge, Richard's fingers, get so far out of hand. Um, major damage control should not be coming via uh, Cloud Imperium employees tweeting out how loved they feel by their employer, nor should it be Zylo getting onto Twitch with uh, a couple of SC homers proclaiming that everything bad is lies. You know, where was Chris? What about Tony? You know, he is, he's like a ranking management person in Austin. How about a, an official statement from them? I know, And I think that Chris did send out an email, but I don't know who it went to. I think it went to the office heads or something like that. But anyway, it wasn't visible. It, was, it should have been front and center. Um, and, uh, you know, so it's optics, it's very, very bad optics. And, uh, I, at, at this point, you know, I, I think we have to, we have to say it's fair to include bad optics in the realm of incompetence. So, um, yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, and I, I have heard, I have heard, and from a credible source that this article ranks surprisingly high on some journalistic integrity scale. Um, you know, especially given that it is Kotaku, um, that basically all the I's and the T's were dotted and crossed as they should be uh, as far as uh, how sources are referenced. Um, and that, um, you know, I don't know. It could, it may or may not be true. Um, I believe that it is given the, the source of that. And, um, but that said, I, I have no trouble at all believing that this whole thing is just another Cloud Imperium own goal optics disaster. So, you know, Odin's Merkin be praised that nobody died because of this buffoon, buffoon, buffoonery. Buff, buff, how would you say that, Captain? Buffoonery! Yes, buffoonery! Uh, that we know of. As far as we know, all, all of CI's employees are, are okay. So, I'm, there were some people that died. I don't, I, you know, I didn't follow it as closely um, as, uh, as some people did. I, I think I want to say I heard that five people died. You do you know in the the Texas in Texas during that period because oh, of the no weather idea. conditions? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know, and and it's horrible. It's horrible, and um, it, it's sad. And uh, hopefully, some changes will be made so that that kind of thing doesn't happen again. But um, perhaps it is not surprising that few, if any, minds uh, have been changed about um, Cloud Imperium's integrity as a company. Um, employees and shills alike are outraged that the world is picking on poor virtuous Cloud Imperium, boo, hooty hoo, 
and those of us that fall on the skeptic side of the cynical divide, oh, a critical divide, yeah, I don't know, either one, um, are of course pointing out, here we go again, uh, you know, abysmal communication leading to another Cloud Imperium own goal. So that is my take on it. What is, um, is your take on it? I think pretty much the same. Um, I don't think they communicated how bad things were across the whole company. And it sounds like people were even being shamed in the office based on the article, you know, shamed for not, you know, doing enough work and everything. Mm hmm. Uh huh. Um, you know, one, one suggested um, uh, thing that I heard is that perhaps uh, those those um, uh, bits of the article that uh, seemed as though a shaming was happening or rather a calloused response to people's situation, uh, that it might be attributable to one manager there at the facility, that it was one manager who was be handling the situation very, very badly and that that was reflecting upon uh, the company as a whole. That could be. Don't know. Don't we obviously because, because it's Cloud Imperium, the most open uh, development uh, crowdsource thing ever. We have no idea. Um, but one thing I can say is that somebody else should have been out in front instead of um, uh, that lady from QA. I think I think she was in QA. Um, uh, Mickey something or other. Uh, she I know she was tweeting a bunch, or at least I saw several of her tweets um, saying you know. You know, it's all it's all, you know, uh, uh, ponies and, and rainbows uh, here where I'm at, uh, and of course then Tyler coming out and, and doing his uh, <clears throat> speaking of ponies, his uh, dog and pony show with um, uh, who are those fortnightly frontier guys? Um, you know, Meyer Meyer is one of them, and then the other guy Darjanator. Man, God, hey, look at the polls! Look at the polls the Muppets pulling tonight, huh? 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 It's almost as if I haven't lost most of my cognitive abilities. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's not handled well. It's not handled well, and, and, and there's no... Um, when, it's, when it's not handled well and it's such a serious thing, that makes it worse. You know, when it when you've removed um, uh, Sadaball from the game but didn't bother telling anybody, um, that's not handled well, and that's not as important as potentially a lot of people are suffering, missing, cold, family members, blah, 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 and you don't, you don't come out and make it clear what's going on. Um, that's, that's a different kind of, of incompetence. That's a, that's a really bad incompetence. So um, I'm not, and I'm not surprised. So that's, that's a, any, got anything else on that? Yeah, uh, I think if it's if it's true, and it definitely seems like it is, I think it's disgusting how they handle mm -hmm. the whole situation. Even, even if it's not true, um, like they've they've not been very clear or really responded in a what I would consider an official capacity, you know, deserving of the situation. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know to me it seemed like they're you know. Um, uh, you know, UK uh, Manchester didn't know what Austin was doing. You know, I mean, yeah. it, there was it seemed it seemed like it seemed like and the and that the um, the expectation that they would or should 
was unreasonable. Well, it's like, well, why, why would that make a difference? They're in England. It's like, you're a company. You're a company and a significant portion of your um, development team are, are having to ride out a horrendous um, situation amidst a global pandemic, you know? So that, that's why maybe you should know a thing. You know, and not saying that, you know, everyone in Manchester should have been prepared to speak to anything. Um, what I'm saying is that the people who were speaking uh, to anything about to do with this uh, were not the people that should have been doing it. Um, you know, because I still don't buy I still don't buy Tyler. I don't buy the community manager speaking for the company. It doesn't work. I mean, it was the same thing with the other. um thing that blowed up gosh i don't even remember what it was right now oh it was the um was it roadmap was it prior to the roadmap and the updates on squadron 42 where that one fellow had that post in spectrum that uh, got a bunch of retweets and um and then things sort of unraveled from there that was back about i got about a year and a half ago or so i don't remember but again tyler was the one that was put up to answer the questions or to speak for the company he's a community manager you know I mean, he used to be, you know, it wasn't that long ago, he was Ben Lesnick's towel boy. You know, that's, where's the credibility? Where's the inherent credibility in that? I don't know. People, maybe people don't care. That, that's fine. That's fine. All right. So um, the next thing I want to discuss, um, and I want to uh, get your take on this first off, would be the uh, the Templin Institute video um, and the title of that. And it came out, this came out like, very recently, so this is not um, this is not a hey, it's our quarterly uh, bash on Star Citizen show. So Gleep has to go digging into the uh, archives to find uh, poopy things to discuss. It's like no, this 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 came out like within the last week or the last two weeks, I think. Yeah. Um, and the the title of the uh, article is "The Universe of Star Citizen Does Not Work," <laughs> <laughs> and it doesn't. It really does. Uh, I, I I love that kind of clarity. That's 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 awesome. So, um, you know, I and kind of like the Kotaku article. I have nothing to say uh, to refute any of the arguments made in this remarkably detailed video. This dude put time into this thing. I was not familiar with this channel. Um, I've, I've subscribed. They got a subscription out of me. Um, <laughs> do you um do you know of them prior to that? Yeah, they do good stuff. Um... It's really interesting if you just want to hear them, like, for the most part, what they do is they really dig into, um, you know, fictional, fictional worlds and fictional factions across, like, a whole breadth of different stuff from, you know, Halo to 40K to, like, Solaris factions, just, just anything and everything. They, they do a really good deep dive with different voice actors and voice actresses doing it. And, mm -hmm. uh, the guy who rips apart the whole thing is the, I believe, the main, like, the head guy who started the whole thing. Um, okay. And, yeah, he just, the, the analysis he did was incredible. He just, he ripped apart everything from the from the setting to the history to the, the design of all their vehicles. Just mm -hmm. pointed out how really just depressing it is. It's just not done well. And it's something I mm -hmm. always kind of knew it was very, it's a very generic setting. A lot of the vehicles, like intuitive, like inherently, I think, 
don't make a lot of sense. But uh -huh. um, just the way he ripped them apart, um, it was it was weirdly satisfying in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, did you? I mean, and it's interesting because I think with somebody that does this type of work and they do it to the level of quality that this guy apparently does, him and his team, um, you know, I find it very, you know, edifying. You know, it's, it's because there are so many unanswered questions about this game uh, here in 2021, uh, seven years after I backed. Uh, it's it's very edifying in a way that like I would have expected to know many of these things a long time ago, you know, mm -hmm. uh, probably through personal experience, um, but um, but I don't I don't and so it's it's appreciated that um, that this sort of information is offered up because you know you know even if it is in my rearview mirror as I speed away towards um, um, a happy life. <laughs> um, <laughs> It's still it's it, it it does it does fill in some of the um, of the uh, the blanks the that nag that that nag at a person when they have been so involved in anything and the thing has fallen apart. I mean, because like the first question is why you know it's like why and and, and there's and there are no answers forthcoming. There's there never are, uh, but. Uh, somebody else can take the inf can take the information that is available and sort of construct um, a, a narrative out of the negative space, if that makes any kind of sense, um, mm -hmm. and say, you know, this this thing, this is what's missing in this hole right here, and this is the effect that it might have later on unless something is done about this. That there's no indication that that's the direction any of this is heading in. So. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's I think it's a it's a very very uh, good th a good thing a good thing because I think you know and at one point kind of back to what you were saying about the the quality of the construction of the thing or of the of the design uh, he made a comment at some point uh, about the um, the mind the mind the brain mind that created a lot of this was not a mature mind you know in, in the context of designing this sort of universe that it was a it was a, um, a it was a youthful mind that designed it and of course uh, because youthful minds uh, lack a lot of experience uh, experiences which uh, could advise creating um, a better um, tapestry uh, you end up with a bunch of uh, moth holes and then the castle gets all windy and then you know the dragons come and live there and and, and you die <laughs> and you die. Woo. Yep. Yeah. My uh, HEPA filter just turned itself off. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh. Um, it was very so, gratifying to hear him like put into words a lot of the stuff I'd felt for a long time about like the world doesn't feel the world and the design look of everything doesn't feel very original or creative in any way. But it's mm -hmm. also not really realistic either. So it doesn't really have that going for it. Or creativity going forward, it's 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 trying to do both, and just really failing at both. And I've always yeah. felt that way, but it was he put it so um, so beautifully. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's my my rage. <laughs> he has crystallized your rage perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, it's like because when I um when I first saw the Wind Comanger movie, um I and I didn't see it until after I had backed. Um, I thought it was intended to be an over-the-top B movie, you know. You know, and as such, I thought it was okay. Um, of course, we all know now that the movie was supposed to be serious. Um, and I also know now that there were some challenges in the making with money and time and scheduling, but in no way was Windcomanger even headed in the right direction to become a celebrated space opera like Star Wars, you know. And though many Star Wars fans did buy tickets for the movie, uh, but the problem there uh, was that as soon as the new trailer for the upcoming Star Wars movie at that time had finished playing, prior to the Wind Comanger starting, those fans got up and left the theater. <laughs> so it's it it lost. I forget how much money it lost, but that number was in <clears throat> the that number was understated because of all the people that got up that bought a ticket just to watch the trailer for Star Wars and then got up and left, you know? So, <laughs> it's, it's so, it's so, it's so not good. I mean, if you're, if you're trying to, if you're trying to create, um, uh, I, I almost said empire. If you're trying to create a dynasty, if you're attempting to construct a, a dynasty, um, that's, you know, it, it was so bad that it was good. I mean, and that's what I thought at first. I go, well, this is awful. And I remember uh, when we were doing the show back in the day, and um, I remember, uh, let's see, so it would have been myself and John, and I might have been myself, John, and Jimmy, or John to Pizza, Mr. the Pizza, um, uh, Pizza Prime. <laughs> you know, somewhere in the universe, in some dimension, there is Pizza Prime. Um and I remember, you know, we were going on about it. Oh, man, that was fun. It was cool. Blah, 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 blah. And Jimmy saying, he goes, oh, you guys, it's a really, really bad movie. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, you know, it's, it's, you know, it's a thing and it's over the top, you know, and it's a B movie and, you know, big hair and, you know, you know, they throw the rules out the window. And he goes, guys, it's a really bad movie. <laughs> and now, and now I know he was right. It's a, it's just, it, all it is, is a really bad movie. Um, so, uh, and, uh, you know, to what the guy was bringing, it kind of made me reflect back on a couple of things. And so the story of the Star Citizen universe from his, from after watching it, you know, appears to me to be oh, way overcomplicated and filled with inconsistencies, conflicting messages. And where I come out of that is that I no longer believe that the, uh, that, that big brain that brought us Wind Commander will ever be able to tie together the requisite subtleties inherent in connecting uh, Tony Z's economy model to the existing lore model as it was laid out, you know, as, and then, you know, elaborated upon by uh, the fellow in the video. And I, I apologize, fellow in the video, I don't have your name at the tip of my tongue, but you're, you will be linked in our show notes, so hey, you know, get ready, get ready, it's coming. Um, <laughs> You know, it's, you know, because if you listen to those things, it's like you have all of these, um, these different uh, races and societies uh, that uh, have their own unique and interesting ways of operating. We've seen nothing about how, okay, when you have representative agents from that culture, how does that affect how they interact with, uh, say, Earth, UEE, Earth culture? You know, is there any, Tony, is there anything in that model of yours that is going to allow um, that subtlety of difference to 
to uh, shine forth because that's that's the richness that's the richness that was sold is is the um, the diversity the complexity the and the subtleties of uh, the different cultures you know at, after listening to this you know where are the hooks where are the hooks in the computer program that allow these things to uh, to shine I, I don't think they're there you know I mean it's just or if they're there, I'm not aware of them. And if I'm not aware of them, though, I, I, I freely admit, I don't pay attention like I used to. Um, but I would think that if they were there at some point in something that I watch, read, or, or listen to, that I would have heard something about it. And, and I haven't. So, um, so you know, bottom line, the, the lore, the lore itself, like the technology, uh, it's shallow and underconnected, and I, and I don't know, that was the only word I could come up with, and because it was the only one I could pick up, I, I gave it Richard's fingers because that makes it official. Mm-hmm. Um, and to my mind, both the lore and the technology sport a shiny veneer atop just convoluted layers of shoddy functionality and mountains of technical debt. Um, so... You know, the, the Kickstarter for this game was almost nine years ago, and development was done prior to that in order to have something to sell to potential backers and or investors. And so that means to me that this project is already into its second decade with no possible release on any imaginable horizon and some serious questions as to what any minimum viable product release might contain. Get kind of scared because it, it, it sort of seems, and we'll get this in a second, it kind of seems like... Um, Theaters of War is going to be uh, is going to be a candidate at least for uh, minimum viable product release of Star Citizen. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's um they they delayed the technology for making this game into an MMO again, which they're calling um, you know server meshing and iCash got you know popped off the roadmap for another year, mm. and um, it seems like they're. They're putting their eggs in a in a different basket potentially, and this is you can call it a crackpot theory if you want, but I agree with you that it's it seems like they want to pull in more players and more money via making mm-hmm. this theaters of war game mode because it's it's not what they told us it would be originally. It turned into this huge thing where it's it seems like they're emulating Battlefield or to maybe a, a much lesser degree like a planet side type thing. Well, they're trying to get in mm-hmm. that that pure PvP audience, and they've they have put way mm-hmm. more effort into making something like that super fancy and super well developed, as opposed to what they promised, which was just a test bed for combat in the persistent universe. You know, now it's right. evolved into something way beyond that, and it's taken way longer than they said it would. And you know, how many times have we heard this story? Yep. Yep. Well, you know, and, and you and I watched the um, uh, the presentation in 2019, uh, the Sean Tracy presentation in 2019, mm-hmm. and I believe we both came away with the idea of that this was a quick and dirty project that they had thrown together in their spare time uh, and wanted to get it out to the fans, and I mean, Sean had a, a, a sentence or two where he said that, I want to get that into your hands. I want to get this into your hands soon so you can begin playing it and having fun, and we're going to, we're going to prioritize fun over function, or fun, fun over polish, I guess, it was something like that. Yeah, you and want to do gameplay have... over aesthetics and shiny stuff, pretty much, is what he right. was saying. 
And then we heard nothing um, until, I don't know, when was it last year? Because the uh, uh, the avocado test last year, I think, was in October. No, it wouldn't have been in October last year. Um, but it was not, because what, what he had said was going to be early, because the, the original, his original speech or talk was uh, at CitizenCon, so that would have been in October of, uh, of uh, 19. So then uh, I remember coming away with the impression that it was going to be early 20 that this thing was going to come out. That's what they um, said. They said, you know, mm-hmm. like, next few months. I think they said it was um, must be like a couple of months into, like, March or something of 2020. Mm-hmm. Right. Uh, Q1. Q1 2020. That's right. And... and um, you know, it, there was no word. You know, people kept asking. They kept asking, "Where, where is this? Where is this?" And there was no word. Um, so, and now, now uh, we we have a word, um, and uh, and that word is um, is not um, is not reassuring um, in any way. So, but we'll get to that in a little bit because I, I do want to talk about um, <clears throat> fire sprite, um, which I, I you know. It's, I, I, there's somewhere in here there is a, a joke about um, you know Coca-Cola Company's equivalent of Seven Up and Tabasco, you know. There's a fire sprite <laughs> joke in there, and I can't I can't get my uh, I can't get my tweezers on it. <laughs> um, okay, so uh, the next thing I thought I wanted to mention was you know there is a rumor, and this is absolutely a rumor at this point. Um, <clears throat> Although it was, someone put it on YouTube, so it has to be true, right? Um, that the facewear camera has been canceled. Remember, remember that the facewear oh, camera? Yeah. Well, you don't yeah. need it if you can just use a webcam. Why the hell would you buy that thing? Well, you see, I don't know, because I'm not sure if this means that the FOIP technology is also been um, uh, shelved, or if it's just the camera, uh, because. And you can recall all the hubbub around uh, cameras and uh, FOIP when uh, Expanse author Ty Frank uh, freaked out on Twitter after Star, Citi- <laughs> Star Citizen. He loaded the game up after you know years and years of not playing it or not even trying it and thought, oh, I'll give it a try. And he loaded it up and it immediately turned his camera on his, on his laptop. You know, the little light was on. He's like, why are you looking at me? Why? You know, and, and, and I... I can't turn this thing off. Why can't I turn this thing off? And this this is like a serious invasion of privacy that your program is doing to me. Um, so again, remember because early on he was, and I don't remember when it was, probably sixteen, fifteen, maybe maybe even fourteen. Uh, he had he was at one of the when they used to do the uh, um, expos the. What are, what are those games? Not Gamescon. Um, what were the, yes, like South by Southwest, or not South by South? that's the music thing. Um, E3? Well, no, no, it was one where they, they would have the same con, or the same branding of con in like three different places. They would have one in the South, one in the East, one in the West. I guess Gamescom. But anyway. Gamescom does that. Okay. Okay, okay, that, that could be it. Uh, but anyway, um, I think he was at one, because it, it would have been a, um, a cultural, you know, like a pop culture uh, sort of thing, because I believe he was there supporting one of the, the novels and, um, you know, came across Star Citizen and was like, you know, this is, uh, 
this is amazing, this is fantastic. Um, and, you know, talk immediately um, began for, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be the expanse. You know, uh, Star Citizen is going to be the expanse in a game. And, you know, and what Ty talked about was that when he, when he was, um, started working on the, the Expanse, it actually was a game. It was a tabletop game that he had um, designed and developed. And that, uh, I think, if I'm remembering correctly, he had visions of turning it into a video game at some point. But he was playing with the other guy who's the James S.A. Corey of course is two different guys Ty Frank is one of them but they are the authors of the Expanse a series of books and I think that guy was also in the campaign the test campaign he was running on this story uh, uh, that turned into the Expanse and uh, you know he was talking about you know I want to I want to I want to play test it here on the tabletop and then eventually it'll go into a game engine of some sort and we'll turn it into a you know um, a computer game and what the other guy said and I, and I apologize other guy who probably isn't listening right now uh, I don't remember his name um, he said dude he says this is a book he said this 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 is a novel this is at least a couple of novels what you've done here and you should really look into that and it would make sense the story that I'm making up right now it would make sense if that guy whose name I can't remember was the one of the pair that was the writing assistant to George R.R. R. Martin because um, uh, he and I I think you didn't you tell me you started reading the Expanse books or was that Joe I think it might have been maybe that was Joe no I just um, finished the first one Oh, okay, okay. So you and have you read any of the Game of Thrones books? No, I have not. Oh, okay, okay. Well, the the style, the way, uh, you know, with um, what do you the perspective, the um, I forget what they call it, the where each chapter is from the perspective of one of the main characters or mm. a, a significant character. That was the way. That's the way that all of the um, Game of Thrones books are, and you know. I you know I am still mortally wounded by the television show, but if you if you ever if you ever want to get into a really good fantasy series, um, I would not hesitate to to recommend those very strongly. Uh, there's he's he is an excellent writer and an excellent um, uh, he's excellent at the world he creates. Uh, you know it's a sort of a rare thing where you have somebody who is an excellent world creator and also an excellent character developer. You know like Col Tolkien created an amazing world, but his characters in the books are, are very are very wooden. You know they're very um, so I, maybe Viggo Mortensen was the perfect Aragorn. <laughs> I don't know. But um you know there <laughs> there's not a lot of character development and that's, I'm not saying that 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 diminishes the value of the books as they have existed over the last, you know, many decades uh, but that you get to know the characters of uh, uh, Game of Thrones in a way because of, of George R.R. R. Martin's uh, what's all the initials because of Martin's um, uh, ability to to do that I mean so you you know Tyrion Lannister um, and thank God Peter Dinklage is is the amazing actor that he is because if they had put Viggo Mortensen in that role, uh, that would have been 
Well, it would have saved me watching any of the rest of the uh, <laughs> of the, the series, but um, yeah. So I, uh, I I have gone way off, but yeah, it's um, it's Ty Frank was not at all happy, um, and uh, it's so. And I haven't I haven't heard much about Foyp since then. I don't even know if it's still in the game. Uh, I don't know if they pulled it out or anything. But anyway, rumor camera canceled. Um, don't know about Foyp if it's going to go away. Um, if I, I was going to be playing the, you know? yeah, I mean I don't I don't I don't know you know I mean except for Machinima and uh, gosh and here you see it's it's Gleep's Night of Forgetting Names like I ever knew it. But there was that one guy and we sent some of his videos back and forth where. He was, uh, he was, he was almost sort of like a uh, Max Hedrum uh, kind of character. <laughs> Do you like my red slaves? <laughs> you know. <laughs> so Foyp really, really served that purpose incredibly well. Um, but I don't, again, like Wind Commander, I don't think that's what Chris is intending <laughs> for his yeah. game is to to enable that sort of uh, develop development. So anyway, okay. Uh, so that's a rumor. We'll keep an eye on that. Um, Skill up doesn't understand why anyone is still giving Chris Roberts money. That's all I got. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, you know, uh, uh, you know, any any eight ninety in a storm, huh? Um, <sighs> angry. <laughs> I know. I used to love you, man. <laughs> <laughs> Angry Joe has expelled Cloud Imperium from Austin. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't heard about this one. It was just bizarre. I mean, if um, if you if you look at his, uh, I forget which show it was, but I've got it. I'll link it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, it's, they're talking about, um, uh, you know, so the Kotaku article. They're talking about the Kotaku article, and he's like, "Man, you don't you you guys can't don't get to be a software developer in Austin anymore." <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. okay. So, um, and, and he said, I mean, he, in the past, he has expressed disappointment and anger because he's angry Joe. So that's what he, that's, you know, he's on brand there. Um, and he's, you know, he's thrown peripherals and he's, um, he's done all the things that, that an angry Joe does. Uh, but this time he said, he, he said, that's it. He says, I'm done with Star Citizen. No more. And I don't recall having, hearing him say that before about Star Citizen or, um, any other game. Um, but then I don't, you know, I, I go through, um, I have, uh, spurts of Joe. I, I will, I will subscribe to Joe for a while and I'll watch his reviews and, and I, I think his reviews are fine. You know, it's just sometimes the energy, it's hard for me to, to, uh, to tease out the, the information I'm looking for from the energy those three guys put out. I'm not saying that's not, you know, that that's bad. I'm just saying that they're, they have, they have their brand and they're, they do things very clever. Um, and, um. Uh, sometimes uh, I have a hard time uh, separating the clever from the information, but uh, that's fine. That's fine. Um, and uh, you know, in case anyone is wondering um, or is looking for more information, the Den of Geek also put out a list about a week ago. This is stuff that's happening now. Uh, every Star Citizen controversy so far. <laughs> that's a that's an article, um, and that you know, like I said, that covers what's inside. And those who are newish to the project or may have forgotten the documented history of all the Robertsian shenanigans, um, this article and Butch's Sunk Cost Galaxy series can get you caught up right away, right away. Uh, Butch, Butch's the Sunk Cost. 
Galaxy series. I think all. I think there are seven videos. I think all told, it's probably un, under four hours, maybe four and a half hours of total video. You could, you know, you could do on a on a rainy Saturday. You could just blow through those, and and they're very engaging. They're very well done. I hope that he continues the series, um, uh, but it seems to be stuck right now uh, with. Um, um, episode number eight if I've got the numbering right and my understanding is that the episode was supposed to do with the Franken engine that is star engine which is lumberyard which is still cry engine and uh, so apparently progress on that episode is stalled and I, I hope it's not abandoned but anyway the last episode um, uh, that he did put out uh, was uh, about uh, it featured the many roles of Ms. Sandy Gardner um, who uh, was married to uh, uh, Roberts at least twice. Um, current mar marital status is unknown. Um, but um, uh, the interesting thing is that she has showed up on Twitter recently, this week. Are we sensing a theme here? How this is, you know, the end of Q1, and we're just having boom, 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 boom. You can, you can see why the boy was prompted to, to, to do a thing about this. Um, and it, it, she's been there absent for a while. She, she had one tweet uh, to do with something about she was modeling a face mask or something in, um, in her what appears to be her apartment. Um, another one at Halloween where she showed off a pumpkin. And then I think that had been it since um, uh, for like almost a year, more than a year. Um, but she came back, um, and uh, no word on Star Citizen or any of its associated foibles. Uh, but good news, boys. Uh, she just treated herself to a vintage Vespa, and is accepting tips for playing Valheim. <laughs> and now, I want to be very clear here, okay? Her exact words are, being shown how to play Valheim, hyphen, tips, welcome, exclamation point. Because you see, the word tips, as it applies to the social medias, is at times a bit murky. Mm -hmm. And I suppose only only her fans are privy to the real skinny. Hmm? No, no, abort. <laughs> punching out, punching out, no. <coughs> Not going there. It, it was too easy, but I, I had to go there, but I, I'm, I'm coming back out again. Okay, all right, all right. Ooh, 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 fire sprite. Yes, that's right. Oh tasty beverage my big kahuna burger stuck um cloud imperium games and fire sprite unveil development partnership for star citizen multiplayer mode um and so this was an article that was published uh just the other day okay um, and this press release probably creates more questions than it answers. Uh, that's often the case with this, uh, this project is we get a little bit of information and we walk away with more questions than we had before and fewer answers than we felt like we deserved. Uh, we know, so what we know is that Fire Sprite is a Manchester, UK-based company. Is anyone else smelling those sweet, sweet UK-based game developer tax credits? Hmm? Yeah... Smells like onions. And though this press release makes it seem like Fire Sprite and Cloud Imperium have only been associated since 2019, we know from Companies House filings that agreements were reached and signed as far back as 2017. And I believe at that point, money was exchanged and uh, agreement for Fire Sprite to deliver unto 
Star Citizen or Cloud Imperium uh, a thing, some things, you know, stuff. So that, but agreement, like, and I say, I have here agreements to do what? We don't know. Um, we do know that Fire Sprite has been involved. We now know that Fire Sprite has been involved in Star Marine, Arena Commander, and Theaters of War leading up to its unveiling at CitizenCon 2019. <clears throat> Excuse me. So, so much for Sean's implications that it had been done in-house during spare time. That, that, that doesn't jibe, as they say. No, uh, they said so they've been all... there since uh, early 2019. So, wide right away you know, basically yeah. a whole year. Mm-hmm. And that is what they have admitted to. Um, but um, between 2017, when the, when the contracts were inked, in 2019, uh, you know, what'd they do? Uh, I, I think the, indi- the implication uh, is that they did some work on, um, on Star Marine and uh, maybe on Arena Commander 2, and of hmm. course we know how well those two things worked out. Um, yeah. Okay, so... Um, okay, so we, we, you know, the things are not as they appear, and God bless America, I, you know... Sean was up there, and it was like, you know, he was he was talking a thousand miles an hour, and he was sweating like a like a on prom night, and he it seemed like I got to get this thing out to the people before Chris comes out here and stops me before he comes out and he says no you can't do that you know because I want to get this into your hands so you can play it and you can have fun you know and that's a horrible Sean Tracy impression I'm sorry Sean I didn't mean to do that. I don't I think, think he deserves it at this point for, for lying to us. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave the f- reference in there, but um, uh, that's I'll probably get into more trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. Um. So anyway, uh, you know, it's just you know, at some point, all you can smell is bullshit. You know, it's like there's just there's nothing there's no there's no authenticity there's no um there's no honor you know uh i don't know what a klingon would say at this point but it seems like he would say something appropriate or she because klingon women is badass uh so um so we we also know that when uh theaters of war was released to avocado testers last year it had fire sprite all up in it and, and how did that go and go very good okay um, and it has been the better part of a year since then, and supposedly, as indicated within the press release, another avocado test, well, we know now because it happened this last weekend. Um, excuse me. And I don't know if they went Friday, Saturday, Sunday, or what they did, but I know that they did test. And um, what I had heard was uh, 20 to 40 uh, frames per second desync, um, and at least one server meltdown. Um, so could it be Chernobyl 2, Electric Boogaloo? Probably not, which is okay because it isn't. Um, no, because it is, in fact, Theodos of Olivia! Avocado on Toast Test Weekend. <laughs> <laughs> Grab your fedoras, wee wees is imminent! Back into the door I go! Woo! All right. Bye, Capson. Uh, so, yeah, it did happen. Um, 
I have not seen anything this time. By this point, last um, avocado test, we had seen we had seen a thing or two. Um, so nothing nothing yet. Um, there were <clears throat> there were someone leaked uh, patch notes um, to pastebin, mm-hmm. and um, I'm not I'm not going to link that in the show. <clears throat> Excuse me, I am not going to link that in the show notes. But what anyone does with knowing that it's there is up to them. Um, and, and and you and I have both looked at them, but that that's 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 the choice that we made because we're living this uh, life on the edge uh, video game, you know, quasi critic lifestyle. <laughs> we we're on the edge of glory, some might say. Yeah, yeah, it's. <laughs> it's I just wish I could remember where I put my barf bag. Um, so what I mean, you, I, I don't. Uh, you have the ability. You have the the ability and the technology to uh, understand what was in those notes. Is there anything remarkable worth talking about, or is it? Uh... I, the most interesting thing to me was the the feature sets that they were talking about and how above and beyond what was originally discussed those were. Mm-hmm. You know, talking about like. Uh, you know, squads being able to spawn in vehicles and, and how much testing they had done around, like, where people spawn, uh, taking over, um, you know, various locations so that you could create new spawn points for your squad. I mean, it all it all sounds very Battlefield, and it sounds like a, a lot more mechanics and a lot more new features than they had really made it sound like were going to be in Theaters of War originally Mm -hmm. and also you know tons of bugs they talked about um lots of weird stuff like the loadouts are still broken as they were in star marine no surprise um lots of desync issues still they talked about um being known issues a lot of the known Mm -hmm. issues were interesting like that just you know stuff that we experience in star citizen now where stuff Mm -hmm. is just just very very basic things are extremely broken still Wow, wow. Yeah, <clears throat> and which kind of leads into my my last uh, question about this: Why Fire Sprite? Why are tasks being outsourced now when it wasn't that long ago that Cloud Imperium? I think they were even vocal about it, saying how they needed to bring everything back in house so mm. that they could make sure that the fidelity stayed at acceptably high levels. Um, you know, uh, what expertise does FireSprite bring to this project? And if we look at their bona fides, I love using that word, and I almost think I know what it means. Uh, the majority of what they've done are to this point are console titles and console ports. A little VR, but not for PC, I don't think. I'm not sure. Does, is that new game? That There's one game, the newest game that's coming for PC that they have on their website. Is that correct? They ported one of their console VR games to PC VR, and it's um, it doesn't sound very good. It's a it's a PC VR game that you play on mouse and keyboard. Um, I yeah, no yeah. thanks, no thank you. Yeah, so it's optimized for my index, is what you're saying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, I, I love my nut controllers. I love, I love them a lot. You know, they won't let me take them on airplanes though. They say they look, make it look like I want to make, you know, make a bomb or something. No, it's my, my it's my nuts, bro. You gotta, gotta let me have my nuts. Um, <laughs> so, 
how is this adding any value to the Cloud Imperium product line? Unless, no. They wouldn't be planning on releasing anything to console, would they? Where have we heard no. those sorts of whispers before, huh? Stay tuned, campers. Help is choppering in. <laughs> I, I, I just... I don't, I, I, at some point you just, you know, you go, I buy it. Okay, I give, I give, I give, you know. Um, I, I, I can't, I can't take this anymore. <laughs> All right. Uh, it is the Ides of March, Little Caesar. Pizza, pizza. Uh, pray you acquit yourself well. The Calders come hither now in less than a fork knife's time. I haven't seen anything from the agent about this, but I do still hold on to the belief that quarterly development goals being met are important to the investors, Richard Fingers, behind the biggest crowdfunded Richard Fingers thing ever. So, if that's true, even a little bit, might it be that the apparent crunching to stay on schedule at all costs in Austin may be related to potential significant problems arising at the end of this quarter? That is if some set of specific goals aren't met. Oh, I haven't heard anyone else I haven't heard anyone else talking about that but it's, you know like the timing of it the timing of it and oh, another thing that uh, occurred to me on the throne this morning <laughs> because I have a throne at home I have several of them actually uh, was um, the timing of the uh, uh, tournament or tournaments of war uh, to the, the timing of the next avocado toast test uh, this last weekend because they're squeezing it in. Let me. What's today? Today is twenty three. Is there another weekend this month? Ah, uh, yes, there is one more weekend this yeah. month. Okay, uh, but you know, why? You know, being proactive. <laughs> um, so you know, could that? Could there have been something coming out of that that was? Um, going to go into a report to uh, go to uh, to those folks uh, saying, here, we're doing better. Um, and interesting, because I think they did three tests, right? They did one with uh, the player counts. Um, was there one with like, was it like 15, 30, and 40 or something like that? Um, but I, I know... It was like, like 24, they're like... 30 something and then like 40 something something like that the, 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 the topmost numbers were around 50 a little less than 50 because I know <clears throat> that the on the last day the when they were doing the the largest population test uh, that they only went for uh, three or four hours and then they shut the whole thing down oh. so <laughs> that that or I don't know that but I, I read that and I thought that was a very curious bit of information so um, I don't. I don't get it. I don't I think get it. It, it speaks to a lot that they started with twenty-four. Yeah. 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 It's it's crazy. Because how how four is uh, fork knife is a hundred, right? Yes. Okay, fork knife is a hundred, and um, as we are speaking, uh, there is uh, on the second part of the show, which I think we're probably not going to record tonight because we're not hearing anything from those other two Wabscallions. Uh, so and I definitely want to get them involved for talking about this other stuff. Um, so we'll we'll reschedule that, but this show will come out um, uh, first anyway. So, uh, but in that next show, we will be talking a little bit about Mortal Online Two, uh, which is uh, scheduled, I believe, to do a stress test um, 
give me, you know, a Pat Benatar hit me with your best shot stress test on Thursday of this week. So that'd be day after tomorrow. And um, the, the, I, I remember hearing something about a number, and it was, it was a crazy huge number. But I guess their world is crazy huge, too. Um, so um, I never played the first one. I know Vendus uh, played the first one uh, quite a bit. Um, and I don't know if Joe did or not. Um, but uh, I think that it is, it is, it, it is in a way, uh, to my ear, similar to uh, Last Oasis in that it sort of checks some boxes that, you know, in our conversations uh, on this show and, and you know, and, um, in chat, just, uh, you know, harvesting belly button lint and eating pizza that we have said, you know, no, this is what, if you put this in a game, that's absolutely, um, that's us, dude, it's got our name written all over it, you know, so <laughs> definitely, you know, peaked curiosity on that one, uh, so we will, um, although, you know, it's like, I'm, I'm so not in a fantasy thing right now, you know, so I mean, in a, in a fantasy way of mind, you know, was it, uh, was it a New York state of mind, uh, I don't know, fantasy stadium but anyway so that will um that will happen next time we'll discuss that and other amazing things uh but until then um we got you anything else on any, any of this um this is um that do you have anything else <laughs> i'm having difficulty scrolling here i think my battery and my mouse is dying um anything else you want to say Zorian? I don't think so. I uh, I'm excited to see you know theaters of Illyria crash and burn. Originally, I really wanted to play it, but now now I'm excited to see it die. It just it's the same old same old bullshit. Yeah, yeah, that's how it feels to me too. Um, okay, well that concludes our on point Star Citizen coverage for quarter one, 2021. Had this been an actual Star Citizen extinction level event you would have been directed to grief counseling and or party supply resources in your local area no not really but it sounds more official if i say it that way but before we until next time this pig i'd like to just (laughs) see i shouldn't have said that thing about sean because now i can't get that image out of my head i'd like to take just a few seconds to share a tangential segue to our next episode no, not Eddie Murphy's rollerboard from the first trading places, first trading American places. It wasn't a good combination for those two movies. On electric stick, no, not that. Instead, Gleep Thoughts with me, Gleep Racer. Gleep Racer, if you go, go. <laughs> If you go flying back through time and you see somebody else flying forward into the future, it's probably best to avoid eye contact. This has been Gleep Thoughts with me, Gleep Racer. And until next time, he is still Saurian, and no one else is here. <laughs> and this has been Snow Day Crunchy Pants, brought to you by the fine folks over at the Pantscast Family Shows, a wholly owned subsidiary of Gleep's Gaming Network TM, podcasting by the seat of our pants since before Galadriel found weak old dwarf resin splattered all about her boudoir when she was heard to say, Let me see your crunchy pants! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, Gimli. (laughs) 
We hope you have enjoyed this episode. If you did, please share it with a friend. If you didn't enjoy it, consider sharing it with two people you don't particularly care for. <laughs> oh man you know it's i don't i don't know who the who the uh the actress uh, would be for you or actor you know um, no 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 biases no shame um but i can't i can't see Kate blanchett without you know drooling you know and, and not in any kind of like weird you know lascivious way i had oh i'm glad i could pull that word um but just you know it's like Oh my God! You're Kate Blanchett, <laughs> and she's not even there. I'm just looking at a screen, and wow, you're Kate Blanchett. Um, so like Kate Beckinsale. Kate Beckinsale. I have to look her up. I'm not familiar with Underworld. Okay. All right. I I will I will I will seek her out, and um, um, <laughs> I'll let you know if I drool or not. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I don't know where I was going with any of that. So I, I think uh, I think what we do at this point is we just hit the little black square in mm. three, two, one. Gleepsgaming.fun. Stop.